When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17. Brought to you by Chase. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776 is your telephone number to be a part of the show on the Dr. Pepper call in line for some reckless speculation about surprise coaching firings. If we could throw that out there, we've thrown out there the idea of what happens if Buffalo doesn't make the playoffs? What happens to Sean McDermott in that spot? What happens if the Eagles continue this poor play? They get bounced early. What happens to Sirianni? We're all sitting here and wondering about Belichick. Could he be a fit in either spot? Plus, Mike Tomlin does it again, 17 straight seasons without a losing season. But there's some controversy now at the quarterback position with Kenny Pickett kind of confusing us on what role he had last week versus this week. And David Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, fined $300,000 for Throwing a drink at someone, which uh, per Darren Ravel, uh, sports business reporter, puts out there, that's a dollar seventy-seven to uh, average Americans with whatever income he uses for the average American income. That is wild. That's One dollar and seventy-seven cents. That is disgusting. <laughs> yeah, is I don't wild. know what the average income is, but whatever it is. One dollar and seventy-seven cents. Oh, you better not do that again, David Tepper. We'll find you less than two dollars. <laughs> Your coffee costs more than that in the morning. Oh. All right. Anyway, um, so the Ravens clinched the number one seed. The Niners clinched the number one seed. Lamar Jackson is likely going to be the MVP of the league. I have said that to me, if Lamar Jackson wins his second MVP, he has cemented himself as a Hall of Famer. Before we get to the pressure conversation, are you guys in on that concept? A two-time MVP winner with no playoff success to speak of yet has clinched a spot in the Hall of Fame. Well, he won a playoff game, so and that was on the yeah. road. So let's give him let's give him that respect. It's not that he hasn't had no playoff success, right? But it's just that he hasn't had the playoff success of other multiple MVP winners, correct? And that's probably because he hadn't had that many cracks. That you're talking about a really young player, but since he's come into the league with the Baltimore Ravens in 2018, I think he's only had one season that wasn't double digit wins in in his six year tenure as the starter in a Ravens uniform. So give Lamar his respect. I I, I don't know that um I, I mean I, I'm gonna let you tee it up, Ev, but I'll say this, like he he does merit Hall of Fame consideration if he's able to pull down the another MVP. Yeah. So basically where I'm going here is if you're thinking about a quarterback and their Hall of Fame candidacy, there's two things you use. Super Bowl wins and MVPs, right? Mm-hmm. Like, those are the easy things that you're going to use there. Like, there's stats, obviously, but the stats would lead to one, those two things. If Eli Manning gets in with two Super Bowl wins, which I think he should be in, somebody with two MVPs, theoretically, I'm not equating those, but I'm saying they're not that far off in terms of accomplishment, and Hall of Fame's an individual award. I mean, that should garner 
some Hall of Fame consideration, no? Yeah, I'm with you. You don't have to win a Super Bowl to be in the Hall of Fame, obviously. And if you're a two-time MVP, that tells me you've done your job. You have exceeded the expectations personally that were laid before you. Now, from a team perspective, maybe not so much, and we don't know. Lamar is still uh, a young player, as CeCe said. He's on a good team. He could win a Super Bowl this year, so maybe he'll lock it up this year with two MVPs and another Super Bowl win, or with and a Super Bowl win. But... I think if you have two MVPs under your belt already, you're on a very good path to the Hall of Fame. No question. So all yeah, there's yeah. T- there's ten quarterbacks that have multiple MVPs. Nine of them are in the Hall of Fame. The only other one that's not is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Mm. So. so ten of them are in. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, so, yeah. Ten, so, ten yeah, of them. I mean, that's that's what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. Now the other ones with two: Steve Young, Kurt Warner, Joe Montana, Patrick Mahomes, all have Super Bowl wins. Lamar obviously does not. But that that becomes the interesting. Would you rather have like I'd rather have Eli's career than Lamar's career? Mm-hmm. But Lamar individually is because of the wins. But Lamar individually is obviously on a path. To have an all-time great career now. That, yeah, but I mean, yeah, with the multiple yeah. MVPs, what this list is telling us is that it's not if, but it's when Lamar Jackson wins Correct. the Super Bowl. That's Correct. what it's yeah. telling us. Yeah, like it's going to happen. I I agree with you. So now, all of that said, does that put more pressure on Lamar Jackson than any other player heading into the postseason to have to win it all? No, no, I don't. I, I don't think he has the most pressure. There, there are a couple other quarterbacks in the NFC that I would go with over Lamar. I would say Dak Prescott, Dallas Cowboys quarterback, understood, shouldn't have to be said, but I'm going to say it anyway. The contract ramifications make Dak's situation interesting because there's a world in which Dak could be and should be the highest paid player in the league if he's able to go on a deep playoff run, and it would only be cemented if he wins the Super Bowl. So the stakes individually for him are a lot greater than Lamar, and especially with the way that we look at Dak Prescott relative to the other quarterbacks that we consider elite, I think that all changes with the Super Bowl win. Also, Brock Purdy for the San Francisco 49ers. It goes from being a good story to a guy that has to be taken seriously as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I know he's got the statistics that would support that, but we can't get out of our heads that three-game losing streak that they had in the middle of the season when he didn't have his full supporting cast with him. I think a a Super Bowl win would cement that for Brock, but also taking advantage of the window that the 49ers have with this current core of players because I think it's only downhill from here when you consider the age of Trent Williams, the age of George Kittle, the tread on Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel only being healthy, for a full regular season once in the last four years. I think those are the things that you have to worry about when it comes to San Francisco, which puts so much pressure on Brock Purdy to get it done, especially knowing they're the number one seed and they've got home field advantage throughout. Yeah, those are both two good options. I think Dak Prescott's always going to be at the top of the list. The Dallas Cowboys, when they're in the playoffs, are always going to have the most pressure on them to win a Super Bowl and the quarterback specifically to win a Super Bowl in any scenario. But I'm going to put Lamar and the Ravens second. I know, CeCe, you just made a great argument for Brock Purdy and the 49ers, but when I look at Baltimore, they are firing on all cylinders right now, and it's it's never a cakewalk to the Super Bowl, but I think their path this year is easier than it might be any other season 
season moving forward. When you think about the way we viewed the AFC heading into this season, we thought it was going to be murderers row. And then we had a lot of injuries happen. We had a lot of quarterback injuries that were sustained in the AFC. And those guys are coming back. It's going to be harder for the Ravens to get to the Super Bowl moving forward. Joe Burrow's coming back. You're going to have Aaron Rodgers back with the Jets. I mean, the list can go on and on in the AFC of things that are going to shift in a different direction next season. So I think there's a lot of pressure on Baltimore to get it done this year. I don't think we treat Lamar Jackson the same way we treat other great quarterbacks, and I have no idea why. What do you mean by that? Well, like this year's looked at as a terrible disappointment so far for Patrick Mahomes to no fault of his own. The receivers are dropping the football, right? We are putting, we're saying Dak Prescott, who I think is great, but has no accomplishments relative to MVP or Super Bowls in his career, right? Yet has more pressure on him to win than Lamar Jackson. But that's not because of Dak. That's because of the laundry. Understood. But the idea that we are entering into a guy that is about to win his second MVP overall, and we are not – like it is a compliment, in my opinion, to say that this person has more pressure on them to win than anyone else. When we say it about Giannis or Joel Embiid or Jason Tatum in the Eastern Conference in the NBA, we're talking about them as all-time great players. Actually, I should leave Giannis out. Tatum and Embiid, as guys who have never won, we are complimenting them by saying, you are so good at what you do, it is now time in your prime, and you have a great team around you, to win. I don't know why we don't do that with Lamar Jackson. I have no understanding as to why. When we're talking about the greatest quarterbacks in the league for so much of this season, and I'm to blame too because I'm not bringing them up or I wasn't bringing them up. We were sitting there debating Mahomes or Purdy or Dak or Jalen Hurts or um, Josh Allen or Joe Burrow. I don't know why we leave Lamar Jackson out, but I think by us not saying Lamar Jackson has more pressure on him than anyone else, it's actually an insult to him, and I don't know why we don't treat him as that greatest quarterback in the league. We should. He's proven it. He's not better than Mahomes, I get that. But, like, he's right there in what he has done. And he constantly leads his team to wins that I almost, and I again, I want to throw myself under the bus because I'm not saying he's number one in terms of pressure. Uh-huh. But I don't know, CeCe, that, that we treat him fairly. Well, I, I don't think there's... I don't think there's no pressure on Lamar. There's there's clearly pressure because he's got the best team in football, right? And a big part of it is because he is as good as he is. He's so dynamic. He's also got what what happens to be a top two defense that might not be two, led by Roquan Smith, who made another phenomenal play, one-handed interception against the Miami Dolphins. Um, he's got a really good supporting cast in terms of skill position players, particularly receivers. This is the best group of receivers that Lamar has ever had, and he's got a championship-winning head coach in John Harbaugh. So I get it. All of the pieces are in place. There's no reason to think that you shouldn't be able to win a championship, especially when your path to getting to the big game only involves you winning two home games as opposed to everybody else in the AFC. So I'm with you on that front. I'm just simply pointing out that there are other quarterbacks for different reasons that have more pressure going into the postseason than Lamar does. I didn't say there's no pressure. I just don't think that he has the most pressure. Now, here's the other thing I will say in terms of why he gets treated differently. He gets treated differently because of what Lamar does is unconventional. The way it looks is not like it looks when we assign, you know, traditional traits to, you know, elite quarterbacks. That that's the biggest thing because Lamar Jackson isn't the prototypical pocket passer. I think people have a hard time trying to quantify his impact on his team having overall success. He's never going to wow you with the passing touchdowns, even though he threw for five passing touchdowns on Sunday. (laughs) It's never going to be those totals at the end of the season aren't going to be up there with the Pat Mahomes and the Josh Allens and all the other Joe Burrows, all the other 
quarterbacks that do it in a more conventional sense. And so I think that's why you get some people that are a little bit more defensive of Lamar just because there have been so many people that are critical that he doesn't do it the traditional way that we've seen quarterbacks do it in the past. Absolutely. I also I, I put Baltimore second on the list uh, as teams that need to get it done outside the Cowboys with the most pressure on them. And to me, Dallas is always going to be number one on that list until they, they actually break through. But I guess I view Lamar the same way as I view Joe Burrow. When Joe Burrow said the window to win is his entire career, I kind of view Lamar Jackson on the Ravens the same way. As long as he's there, as long as he's with Harbaugh, I have confidence that they're always going to be in the mix, that they're always going to be in contention, and that they're going to have a chance to contend compete for a Super Bowl yeah I, I think you're right and I think he's proven that at this point obviously I, I just think that CeCe your point about he looks different than the prototypical quarterback is exactly why people don't put him on that level but I also think that we are just ignorant in thinking that because he has become an excellent passer I mean he's fourth in QBR his completion percentage this year is 67.2 the best of his career like he's not that far away from number one overall, which is Brock Purdy at sixty nine point four. Excuse me, well Jake Browning to a sixty nine percent, seventy percent, whatever it is. Like this is a guy that's proven the thing that you don't think he can do, he can do, right? Like he has proven that he is able to do the thing that you, not you, CC or you Smalls, but you out there thought he could not do. He has proven he is able no to do that. So what no are we actually talking about? Like this conversation, the second tier of quarterbacks, now in the NFL, if this guy wins the MVP, which I think he's going to, the second tier of quarterbacks probably should start with him, right? It should be Mahomes, and then after that, he should be the one in the debate with Burrow. Or if you want to still put Hurts in there or Josh Allen or anybody else that you want to throw in there, it should start with him, and it hasn't up until this point. And I think we need to make that change where he's obviously the guy that we look at and say, all right, Mahomes on a level all by himself. Next level, level two, led by Lamar, who else is with him? And we're not doing that, and we haven't done that. It'll be a hot ticket, of course, in Baltimore for all of the playoff games. Hot ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Get great deals and the hottest tickets. Experience it live with Vivid Seats. Coming up. From one Harbaugh to another, will he stay or will he go next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio? Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play! Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. ESPN 2, we are presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. By the way, did any, you know, after 24 hours being removed from the national playoff, college football semifinal playoffs... Anybody else feel like Michigan kind of celebrated like they won the title? 
I've had this re- revelation now and realization. Like, they, they really did not celebrate, like, hey, we got work to do. They Like, Harbaugh screaming, yelling, the greatest flight back to Ann Arbor. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Pipe down. You got another win here. You have to win Monday. I don't know. Did anybody else feel that way? I didn't feel that no? way. I felt no, like I it was in the moment. It was in the moment, the Rose Bowl. It, it was the, the setting, the overtime. You just beat Nick Saban. You just beat Alabama. I thought the reaction was appropriate for the moment. All right. All right. I just I had that they, moment. They beat, they beat the bully on the block. That is Alabama. I mean, they beat the SEC champion. Yes. That beat the Georgia Bulldogs, who had a 20-plus game win streak coming into the SEC championship game. Like, to me, in a lot of ways, the first semifinal was the de facto national championship game. Now, I don't want to be disrespectful to Michael Penix, but that's just how I feel about the situation. Right, and I think they agree with you. That's, that's my point. It's like, I think that I they think agree the whole with football world agrees with you. I know. That's why Michigan <laughs> is favored by, what, five points going into Monday's game right now? So, just I don't put know. it out there. All right, so Monday's game potentially could be Harbaugh's last game at Michigan. Adam Schefter, of course, ESPN senior NFL insider, was on with Pat McAfee yesterday here on ESPN and had this about the future of Harbaugh at his school, Michigan. The way that I look at this is this. Like, let's just look at it in basic facts. He hasn't signed an extension with Michigan yet. He has hired an agent, Don Yee, who has deep NFL connections. He's got Michigan one game away from a national championship. Whether or not he wins it, I believe that the NFL will help dictate or determine whether or not he goes. If there's a team out there that really wants him, that makes a really compelling offer, my sense is that he would be interested absolutely in listening and entertaining that offer. Okay, so one interesting thing about the Don Yee situation, CeCe, you would know this better than we would in terms of the agent game relative to NFL and coaches and things like that. Do we assume that as part of the Harbaugh contract that he signs with Don Yee, that he would not get a percentage of the Michigan deal? Like he would only be his NFL agent? Because theoretically... I have, I have no idea. I have no idea how that works with mm-hmm. the coaching game. Because uh, why I, would you voluntarily give someone a percentage of a contract you've already gotten right. on your own? Yeah, I, you know? I hear you, but did he already get the contract that he wants with Michigan? See, to me, that's what the Don Yee hire was all about. I, I, I have a hard time believing that Jim Harbaugh is going to leave Michigan, which is one of the premier programs in college football, in order to roll with the L.A. Chargers, a notoriously cheap organization that can't get out of its own way even though they have a top-five talent at the quarterback position. I mean, that, that, is the, that is the history of the Chargers franchise, from Dan Fouts to Phillip Rivers and now to Justin Herbert. That is the legacy. That's why Eli Manning didn't want to go there. So I just have a hard time believing that Jim Harbaugh is going to leave Michigan for that You know, if the NFL wants to give him wrath of God money and pay him, you know, north of $20 million a year, then I think it makes it a little bit more interesting. But to me, hiring Don Yee is just more tea leaves for Jim Harbaugh to use as ammunition against Michigan in order to leverage a bigger deal. So not only is he the highest paid head coach in the Big Ten, but he could be the highest paid coach in all of college football. I think that's what the Don Yee angle is all about. So, yeah, Jim Harbaugh didn't hired Don Yee to negotiate a deal with Ward Manuel, except he actually kind of did in a roundabout way by by laying the groundwork to make it seem as if he's poised to go to the NFL. Yeah, the threat of leaving may increase the asking price for Michigan. Or, guys, reckless speculation, maybe he hired Don Yee to get 
the Los Angeles Chargers, a notoriously cheap organization, to pony up for the coach and Harbaugh that will take them where they want to go. I always say that the Chargers are under the shroud of meh. I mean, they have a franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. I know he's injured, but... We should talk about them. We should hold them to a different standard because of the quarterback. We rarely talk about them. I promise you, if Jim Harbaugh is the head coach, we're going to be talking about the Chargers, and we're going to be talking about the Chargers a lot. He brings them not only a better chance at winning and a better chance of getting the the franchise in a position to have success, he brings them relevancy that they desperately need, especially in that L.A. market. And I think if you're not going to pony up for a coach like Jim Harbaugh, if you're the Chargers, you're never going to get there. Yeah, well, Smalls, and Smalls, you outlined all the reasons why the Chargers would want him, and I, and I have no doubts about any of those. Jim Harbaugh has proven himself to be a good coach, whether it's in college or the NFL. He coached the San Francisco 49ers to three straight conference championship games and a Super Bowl appearance. Mm-hmm. So I, I know he can be a good NFL coach. I understand why the Chargers would want him and want him to be able to, to get the best out of Justin Herbert. My question is, why would Jim Harbaugh want the Chargers? Why would he like if the money is close, if if he can leverage Michigan to making the money close, why would he leave Michigan for the Chargers? That's the part. That's the part of the math that ain't math to me. That's the part that just doesn't make sense. This is his alma mater. He played for legendary coach Bo Schembechler. Like, like, this is one of the premier preeminent programs in all of college football. It's rolling right now. I get that there's this looming NCAA investigation that may or may not result in some form of discipline, but that's the short term. I'm just thinking about long term, thinking about legacy. Why would he leave Michigan? It just it, it just doesn't make sense to me. If the money is close, why would you even think about leaving Michigan? I understand that Michigan is a better situation and it would be hard to walk away, especially as a Michigan man. But you have a franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. You have an intoxicating talent in him. And the landscape of college football has changed so much. It sounds exhausting to be a head coach in college football with the transfer portal and NIL, the ever-changing landscape of conference realignment. It's a lot that you have on your shoulders at all times to be a head coach in college football. If he is able to win a national championship, why wouldn't you ride off into the sunset? You, You delivered what you promised. You brought Michigan back to promise. You got them a national championship, and if you have an opportunity to go to the NFL, make a boatload of cash, and by the way, you're going to a situation where you already have a franchise quarterback, why wouldn't you take that opportunity? Smalls, I'm glad you brought that up about the shifting landscape with college football because there are a lot of challenges that didn't exist in that sport 10 years ago. But the one thing that I would say about college football is that the coach is the star. Jim Harbaugh doesn't have to answer to anybody. I mean, I I guess he's got an athletic director, so by virtue of the title, but he doesn't really have to answer to anybody. Ward Manuel essentially does his bidding because of where the program is now and how much success they've had, especially over Ohio State. If you go to the NFL, you've got to deal with ownership. You've got to potentially deal with the general manager. And let's remember how he got bounced from the NFL last time. The friction that existed between him and San Francisco 49ers general manager Trent Baalke, who's now down in Jacksonville. That's how he ended up losing his job the first time. Why would you want to sign up to go back into a situation where that type of dynamic existed, where you've got to answer to an owner, where you potentially have to answer to a general manager, as opposed to being the guy at Michigan that where everybody has to answer to you? He is the football czar at Michigan. It's going to be hard to have that same type of scenario in the NFL 
because there's an owner that's signing your checks. True, but if he goes to the Chargers, he's automatically the star. I know Justin Herbert is there, but come on. We would be talking about them in a different manner than we are right now if Harbaugh is the coach. And think about the runway he would have. Brandon Staley was able to come back after an epic meltdown in the playoffs. I think that they would give Harbaugh the control that he wants, and he knows he would have a lot of time to build the team in the manner in which he chooses. Yeah, I I think that... I've all year long thought he was coming back to Michigan. I've now changed my tune a little bit because I look at this situation. I think the Michigan he's at now is not going to be the Michigan he's at in the future because of the NCAA stuff. He has a perfect opportunity to go take a franchise-level quarterback in Justin Herbert, and he has a handoff. Like, Sharon Moore, like, is ready to be the Michigan head coach. CC was joking around about the idea of, could you imagine if Ohio State were to hire him, <laughs> knowing that he could win the Michigan-Ohio State game? Like, there's an like, hey, I'm leaving you in great hands. I've done everything that I could do here. I won a national championship. Now, this is assuming he wins on Monday. If he loses on Monday, that's a whole different conversation because maybe then he does come back. I think the Michigan he's at now is not the Michigan he's at tomorrow, and I think there are very few opportunities to get a ready-made franchise quarterback like Justin Herbert, if that's the place that he potentially goes. Coming up, speaking of franchise quarterbacks in California, is Caleb Williams good enough to turn down three first-rounders for? We'll find out next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. You can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call online at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. On a surprise coaching firing, potentially, who's your person that you think could be in that mix, as well as most pressure on them to win a title this year in the NFL, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season. Without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the ones fans deserve. So yesterday, uh, Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL insider and reporter, put out something that, uh, at Jay Fowler ESPN on Twitter, league sources forecast Bears can get a second or third round pick in a Justin Fields trade. They can get even more than the Bryce Young package from a team pick in the top five for number one overall. And there's a thought that maybe getting three first-rounders for Caleb Williams if they were to move number one. Now, this is why I would probably be a terrible general manager. If you told me Patrick Mahomes was available, I'd give you as many first-round picks as you want. Like, there's no amount of first-round picks that I would give up 
to get a franchise quarterback. If I was sold that a guy was a franchise quarterback, take everything. I don't care because that's the number one thing I need. I'll figure out the rest. I don't know that Caleb Williams is definitely that. That's the problem here. But I would probably give up the three first-rounders if I thought he was that good to get him. Yeah, but I think that's the rest of the NFL telling you they'd be willing to do that for Caleb Williams based on what Jeremy Fowler reported teams would give up. I mean, I know there are anonymous league sources saying that's what the package would look like. Well, I I think that's the league having some conviction on what type of talent Caleb Williams is. And, And let's think about it from this perspective. We went through the exercise yesterday of talking about the last 10 quarterbacks that were the number one overall picks and those guys flipping the franchise, and we said that the hit rate was about 40%, right? We picked four of the last 10 quarterbacks to go number one overall as guys that flipped the franchise around, that being Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Andrew Luck, and Cam Newton. If you've got a chance to get your hands on one of those guys that can win an MVP, that can get you to the Super Bowl, then you've got to make that decision. Justin Fields may develop into a good quarterback with the emphasis on May it might not happen as well. And so for all of the other picks that you would acquire by flipping number one overall, you still could be left in the spot where you don't have a long-term answer at the most important position in all of team sports. And that's why whatever the return on the number one overall pick this year would be, I'd have to forego that because the opportunity cost for my franchise would be too great. Ooh, that is a conundrum that I do not envy being in if you're Chicago because – you know that Justin Justin Fields is a starter. You just don't know if he's a franchise quarterback. And there's a big difference between the two. Same thing with Caleb Williams. You know he has tremendous talent. But is he a transformational franchise quarterback? Is he worth three firsts? You better hope your scouting department gets this right. Because you could flip that pick, get the three firsts, and get a quarterback later in the draft. That could actually hit for you. You could hang on to Justin Fields and build around him. There is a lot of decisions that are going to need to be made in Chicago. But I don't know if I would have the guts to pass up on somebody like Caleb Williams. Because you need a franchise quarterback. You're not getting anywhere fast in the NFL if you don't have a franchise quarterback. And I would be looking at the C.J. Stroud situation as the Mm. most recent example of if we pass up on this guy are which we you already did it? which, which you they already, already did, did. <laughs> yeah are we gonna regret it not once but twice all right so who says no very quickly here let's do the second pick overall washington's pick this year they're picking 20 or 2024 2025 and 2026 so the bears just moved down to two who says no I, oh well, i mean I, I think i think washington would probably say no they have so many other needs and they could get Drake May or Jaden Daniels. And we'll see what ends up happening with Michael Penix Jr. and whether or not he's able to work himself into that group. But, I mean, they can still get a, a franchise-changing talent if they stay at two. So I don't, I don't foresee them giving up 2025 and 2026 first-rounders in order to move up one spot. Okay. Uh, Dale in North Carolina listening on 94.1. What's up, Dale? Good morning, guys. Hey, guys. Morning. CC ain't on his game. He's over two, man. First, he's missing on the Heat not being on Lamar Jackson. And number two, why wouldn't Harbaugh want to go back to the NFL dealing with parents and NIL and Portal? But let me start by saying I agree with you. It's time for Lamar Jackson to get it done. You asked the question, why don't we put him in the spotlight? We know the same reason we don't put the spotlight on Dak Prescott, the same reason we don't put the spotlight on why Mike Tomlin ain't sniffed the Super Bowl in 12 years. The man is on the best team. He has 
has home field advantage. He has the best defense. He's paid franchise quarterback money. You guys call him elite. Go win a Super Bowl. How are you going to say Brock, Pur- Brock Purdy was in high school when Lamar Jackson won his first MVP. Joe Burrow's been in the league less than Lamar Jackson. He gets heat. Josh Allen's been in the league less than Lamar. He gets heat. Everybody gets heat, but Lamar Jackson and Dak. Yeah, Dak Prescott gets Dallas Cowboys fans, but I'm talking about from the Stephen A. and the Shermans and the Ryan Clark. You guys know what I'm saying. I know you can't say it, but I'll say it. We know why he doesn't get any heat. I'm out. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't know why. Why he doesn't get any heat. I, I, I think. I. I, I think we can figure out maybe a little bit of what he's referring to, but it doesn't make. Any I mean, sense. Think, think, I don't know. do we have such short memories though? Remember when Lamar Jackson said he wanted to be traded earlier in the spring of 2023, and how all of these teams came out and said we don't want him. The Atlanta Falcons and the Washington Commanders wasted no time saying we don't want Lamar Jackson. Everybody questioned his ability as a quarterback. And then he puts together an MVP season, and Again. his team has the most wins in the National Football League going into Week 18. What the hell are we talking about exactly? Nobody. Yeah, there's, there's always pressure to win a Super Bowl anytime you get into the tournament. There's pressure, especially when you have the resume that Lamar has been able to put together. But you're talking about a guy on the eve of winning his second unanimous MVP. So, yeah, there's, there's going to be pressure, but nobody is, is looking at – Lamar Jackson and saying there are any more questions about his overall ability. Jeff in Houston watching on ESPNU. What's up, Jeff? Hey, how's it going? So I got a couple, I got two quick ones for you. So on the head coach firing situation, I'm going to go a little outside the box on this one. I'm going to go. Sean Payton is going to buy out the remainder of his contract and he's going to snake the charger job from Harbaugh before Harbaugh can take it, and one for Pat. He talks about Tomlin having 17 years of not having a losing season and hanging a banner. The Lakers won an in-season tournament <laughs> yeah. and hung hey, a hey, banner. Hey, 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 How have hey, they done hey, since hey, then? Hey, 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 hey. No, no, no. You got to no, take that no. one. You got to take that one, CC. You, 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 you ain't got to throw my Lakers under the bus, You have to dog. take that one. You got to throw them under the bus. That block. one you got to deal with. We, we've, okay. already, we've already determined, Ev, if they if they don't win the chip, we're going to take down the, the in-season tournament. Oh, yeah, event. we've determined that. We, we've I don't determined know that. that. That's I don't already, know we've that already. The Lakers Nation has already made that decision. The, the interesting thing, the Sean Payton one is interesting. That's obviously not going to happen, but – there is a a like rewind the clock a couple of years and think about what happened in sports and what could have happened or it's not what happened in sports like revision of sports history yeah so if you think about this and I'm not doing the hypotheticals I'm doing what we understand that people wanted Aaron Rodgers wanted to go to Denver right we thought initially that Aaron Rodgers wanted to go to Denver Nathaniel Hackett gets hired by Denver Denver is better off if they had Rodgers and Hackett. Green Bay would then get more in return in that deal than they did from the Jets if they traded him two years ago versus one year ago. Jordan Love would be in his second year starting and not his first year starting. Russell Wilson probably ends up with the Giants. He's probably better than Daniel Jones. Seattle probably gets a similar package as they got from Denver that they get from the Giants. Sean Payton goes to the Chargers and the Jets rebuild sooner. Like, all of this, theoretically, was what we thought was going to happen. None of it actually did happen except... (laughs) Except for Nathaniel Hackett to the Broncos was the only thing that actually happened. I don't believe that Sean Payton is going to try to get to the Chargers. But I think if you ask Sean Payton right now, would you rather be the coach of the Chargers or the Broncos? I think he would say the Chargers, don't you think? 
Probably. Yeah, but I mean, he's got $18 million a year from the Walton Penner Group, so I think he's straight. Not sure that the Spanos family was ponying up that kind of cash. Well, if that's not happening, then obviously Harbaugh is not going there if they're not going exactly. to pony up that kind of cash. My assumption all along has been to get a guy like Harbaugh, you ha- like what's the point of owning the team then? If, if that's the market rate for elite coaches. Making a lot of money. Yeah, well. <laughs> they're, they're billionaires. Like, you said, what's the point of owning the team? Making a lot of money. Big time, big yeah. time. The NFL is a $20 billion a year business and only growing. Yeah, commas in your bank account is nice. So you're yeah. saying NFL owners are ones who get it done, like Granger. There you go. <laughs> for the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Like, will Bill Belichick be back? Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. I'm over it Ugh. with Pat, the producer. People who don't like the college football over. I'm still furious that Pluto is not a planet. Nick Sirianni, I'm completely over it. I hate it. intentional grounding. What's with this current mustache? I'm exhausted by rapping. The Godfather 2 is the most overhyped movie of all time. I'm over it. I'm sick and tired and over it. We are on Sportsman Life, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you. Pat Costello is our producer, and he's always annoyed by something. Pat, what is today's list of things you're annoyed by? Instagram is completely unusable when the new year happens. I hate Instagram around the new year. It becomes a complete disaster. I don't care about your 2023 photo recap dump. You work at a CVS. Like, you're not that interesting Jeez. of a person. Whoa. What's wrong with working at a CVS? There are 27 Whoa. pictures of you. What? You're not that interesting. Like, oh, cool, you're at a, a local brewery. Cool. Nobody cares. Wow. This feels like a personal attack on one Evan Cohen, who I noticed posted a carousel from the year. Well, I'm just learning how to do this stuff. So I am new to Instagram within the last couple of, since we started hey, the show. I, I loved it. I threw it a like. I thought it was great. I, I don't know how to do any of this. Rob Lorenzo does our social and digital stuff is on me to make sure that I do this stuff. So I'm trying to do it. And I do happen to love the idea of music videos. Like, I've always wanted to be able to, like, Pair like I would love to be the person in movies or TV shows that pairs the music to the scene. Yeah, I love that stuff. 
So I figured, all right, let me try this. At Evco Radio, by the way, if you want to follow me to be that annoying person on Instagram on New Year's, I put something together. EVCO Radio. Pat Costello, I believe, may follow me. So I think he's actually talking about me. Yeah. Also, Instagram is a highlight reel. And what a better time to show your highlights of the year than on New Year's Day. Pat, I don't know why you're hating on this. I'm still stuck on the people from CVS catching straight. I, I don't understand <laughs> yeah. why yeah, that What's going on? CVS, so you can, uh, there's available wall space. Oh, post. yeah. Now I'm sure they're going to want to sponsor you, Pat. Well, it's it's, it's, uh, CVS is great. It's, it's, no, 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 no. You can't operate that way. We can say CVS is great. If CVS wants to join us and partner with us in the show, that'd be awesome. I would not advise sponsoring. I'm over it. I'm just saying. You want to you sponsor Candy's Power Rankings? Sure. Right? We can do that. To the great people at CVS. No. Your, your sponsorship here, not for them. Next one. I'm still right about this. Um, I would like to clarify my position on Mike Tomlin. I don't believe he should be fired. He is a great coach. Him being over 500 every year is an empty stat that has led to him winning one Super Bowl. It's a nice thing to bring up, but until you're putting actual trophies in the case consistently, it doesn't really matter. I don't get why we treat Mike Tomlin any differently than we treat Mike McCarthy. We're acting like Mike McCarthy could be fired after this, but Mike Tomlin, we're putting on a pedestal just because he might end up 10-7. and seven. Well, I'm all for the support of Mike McCarthy. I think he is underrated, but I, I can't equate the two because Mike Tomlin never has losing seasons, and Mike McCarthy has. Let me ask you a question. They, they've on this. made the playoffs almost the exact same amount of times in almost the exact same amount of years. I get and it. have won the exact same amount of Super Bowls. They haven't Mike had McCarthy the exact same Mike amount Tomlin. of quarterback play, though. They haven't had. That's the difference. Hall of like they have Yeah, they, what are you talking well, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but Mike Tomlin, what has he had the last four years relative to what Mike McCarthy's had the last four years? That that that's my biggest question. Like there's a different level of pressure. I mean, even you can acknowledge that. Like Dak Prescott's better than anything that the Pittsburgh Steelers have had in the last half decade, including we, we've a wash up in Roethlisberger. Talked about the Cowboys moving on from Dak Prescott. Well, that would be dumb I, if they. Yeah, didn't. but we've I didn't say that. Consistently talked about that. I said relative to the money because he's going to ask to be the highest paid player in the NFL. I guess my whole point is this: Dak Prescott is still a top ten quarterback. Mike Tomlin hasn't had anything close yeah. to top ten quarterback play. So context matters when we're evaluating what kind of coach they are. Pat, let me ask you a question because there's a similar-ish stat that was around for a long time. Now, it may be somewhat random, but here we go. For a long period of time, there was a stat around Tom Izzo basketball players at Michigan State that if you were a four-year player at Michigan State, you automatically were in the Final Four, basically. He had like a a string of a decade-plus of any four-year player played in the Final Four or made it to the Final Four. They won one title. Empty stat to you, Pat? Kinda. I mean, we see this with Kentucky a lot, where they're like, oh, Kentucky's had 37 guys in the first round, and Calipari's won one title in right, the last but that's, 15 that years. That doesn't indicate winning. That indicates individual success. What a Michigan State stat, or in this case a Steelers stat, would indicate is team success over a long period of time. That's really hard to do. Next one. Uh, empty stat. Uh, <laughs> people who have poor door etiquette. Let me explain. Oh. I was walking behind a person I was going into my building the other day, and I was holding two grocery bags, and we kind of made eye contact in the parking lot. The person clearly knew I was walking into the building, and I'm maybe 10 feet behind him, carrying two heavy grocery bags. person did not make any effort to hold the door or help me out at all. Ooh. There are two doors, and I was so angry about this. I was like, how do you not have the awareness to be like, yeah, let me help this person out who's trying to come inside? 
Oh, that one is awful. People have lost common decency and courtesy for one another. I see it all the time, too. Not only in just the door scenario, Pat, which would very much annoy me, too. I see it all the time. People don't care about one another anymore, and it really bothers me. Well, it would depend on whether or not Pat is a good neighbor. Like, if I've seen him in my building before, (laughs) if he's been a good neighbor, then I'm going to hold the door open for him while he's bringing in the bags of groceries. If he's been a jerk then I'm probably not going to help him out. That's just me, though. I, I mean, listen, I, you're going to know where you stand with me. If we're in that type of scenario, if I think you're a good person and you've been a good neighbor, cool. But if you've been blasting your music all hours of the night and you're doing all kinds of craziness and got the building all funky and junky, then I'm probably not going to hold the door open for you when you're bringing in what, your groceries. What kind of life do you think I live, Kitty? Well, that's the thing about Pat. I don't know, Pat. I think I, mean, I know. I, I don't know. I have no idea. You walk into your living room, there are a bunch of wrestling action figures. I don't know what you're doing when you're away from Unsportsmanlike, and I, 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 don't, I don't even want to go down that road. All I'm simply saying is, if you've been a bad neighbor, then I'm not going to hold the door before you. And maybe the person that looked you in your eyes and didn't open the door for you thinks that you've been a bad neighbor. What if Just they're so- the bad neighbor? I, well, I, think I don't I know why you're out, disappointed Pat. for expecting better from them. I think I have figured out, Pat. Here's my, my take on Pat. I think Pat likes us to believe that he's some angry, hating the world kind of guy because of this specific moment of I'm over it every day. I actually think Pat is a kind, gentle guy who goes home and is a homebody and like is probably bringing an apple pie that he baked to his neighbor. No, it, uh, he's I not bringing he's, an apple pie to his neighbor. He's maybe baking an apple pie. I don't think he's bringing it to I his neighbor. I don't know. I think he's more of a homebody kind of like 1950s kind of family like you would see in a TV show. I think that's actually Pat, and the I'm over it is just letting everything out every day. No. No? No. No? No. Here's my question. Pat, how many of your neighbors do you know? I don't know any of them. Well, that's why they're not opening the door for you. I've barely ever seen them. Yeah, but this person was not someone who lives in my hallway. I'd seen my neighbors, at least. I did not know where this person lived. I'm putting a dollar in the bad take jar. Very good. You haven't ingratiated yourself with the people in your building. That's a you problem. Wait a minute. How far away were you from this person? Maybe about 10 feet. So what is that? Like a five About second hold? Feet. But is it a five second hold? Like, because is there a time? And I hold the door for everyone. I, but like, is there a time limit oh, on thanks. how long? No, no, the doorman. How, how long you're gonna hold the door for someone? Like, n- even though you know they're coming in. If but, it's if it's empty handed, that would have been no. too far. I think. If I see somebody coming behind me. I'm going to hold the door for them. It's common courtesy, especially if they live in your building. This is someone that you share a space with. You should be courteous to them. Stranger you, you, danger. I don't know that. Stranger danger. Yeah. I don't know that Smalls is one to talk about doors. When we were in Florida, know. she stood at the door at ESPN West Palm waiting for it to open for her. No. Explain why. Uh, explain why. Uh, no, you explain why. So, you were waiting for somebody to come to the door and open it for you. You're okay. Michelle Smallman. You can't open that the door. That is not why. That is not why. So we no, were saying no, at a no, hotel no. that when you walked, the doors opened. It was very early in the morning, and I was foggy, and I was like, oh, these doors don't open. So it was not that I was mm. waiting for someone to open them I don't for know. me. I was waiting for them to open themselves. Fluno, Florida Nuno, what do you think? 
I don't know. Where at the hotel? No, at our the, hotel, the oh, doors oh, so, open yeah, for that, themselves. That There's sensor. The, the rest of us, the normal folk, were uh, <laughs> across the bridge. Across the bridge. Well, I mean, the breakers is the breakers when they, the doors open for you. I mean, Correct. what are you going to say? I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. Smalls and door etiquette, not exactly. Fair. And I'm sure you've hit your head on the door many times 100%. also Big with time. the clumsiness of Michelle Smallman. Of course. Of course you do. We're Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.